Welcome back after what feels like forever. You're listening to the Gridiron Authority podcast again. My name is Keith Thornton. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. Mike, what's going on? Oh, just glad to be back on air finally. Uh, a lot of downtime, so a lot of time to think about the the crazy NFL season we had. Yeah, I've been partying too much with the Chiefs win. You've been a little sad about the Cowboys, right? Yeah, but I, I was in Kansas City when the Chiefs won, so I've been partying a little bit too. I guess that counts, I guess. Yeah. All right, let's get this show going. We are back after a crazy 2019 season that, as we just mentioned, had the Chiefs coming out victorious in the Super Bowl, uh, which obviously is great for me as a Chiefs fan. And I know Mike's a Chiefs fan as well. So uh, what really stood out from you about the 2019 season? It's crazy that it's all over. I mean, obviously, the big thing is is the Chiefs Super Bowl win. Um, I mean, despite being favorites going into the season, there were definitely parts throughout uh, Mahomes injury. Uh, being down big in, in all the playoff games, including the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, there were definitely some adversity for the Chiefs to to go through, to get through, and uh, and they still managed to come out on top. So, I mean, kudos to the Chiefs. Uh, that I mean, that really stood out. That took a lot of character by that team. So, uh, I mean, that's obviously the, the biggest standout for the season. And it doesn't matter who the Super Bowl champion is, whoever it is, that's going to be the you know the biggest focus of the season. The the biggest thing to me too, not just being a Chiefs fan, but it ha- it's just a great feeling to see the Chiefs relevant again in fifty years. I think it's good for the game. It's good to see Andy Reid pick up that victory. That's now he's a for sure Hall of Famer. I think he was beforehand, but now it's it's an all but guaranteed deal seeing him get the win. So I love seeing it for the organization, despite the fact that I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean I I'm a Cowboys fan, so obviously I spent a lot of years hating Andy Reid. Um, but I mean, I still respected the man. Uh, obviously I like him a lot more now that he's, he's with the chiefs, but, uh, I mean, it was a hell of a run by the chiefs, uh, great job by them. I mean, they, they found ways to win, uh, besides relying on Patrick Mahomes, just throwing it downfield all the time. Uh, the defense had some good runs, uh, the running game, Damian Williams. Uh, I don't even know how many touchdowns that guy scored in the uh, in the playoffs, but I mean, it seemed like he was scoring every single, you know, every other, every other possession that guy was scoring. So, uh, I mean, they found different ways to win the game. Uh, at the end of the day, I think they were the best team this season and they, they won. So, uh, again, kudos to them. Yeah. And I, one of the things I really like about the chiefs and and we talked at the beginning of the season, we said, what, how much better could Pat Mahomes be than 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns? And I think you said it, the, the fact of, time management, going on longer drives, uh, not just scoring immediately. And even though his stats were down and he was injured for a couple of games, I feel like he was a better quarterback this year. Obviously didn't win the MVP, but got a Super Bowl MVP. And really that's all that matters in the in the end of it. But, you know, you saw in the playoffs them going on seven-minute drives, six-minute drives, eight-minute drives, and really controlling the clock, which is something that they struggled with the year before. So uh, I was really happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was that was the big thing we focused on that, the you know, at the beginning of the year was, you know, Patrick Mahomes talent wise is obviously the best quarterback in the league. But mentally, uh, would would he have the mentality to actually want to go on the slower drives and slow the game down and run the clock out and be more of a time management quarterback? Uh, and he he proved he he's willing to do all of that. 
but at the same time, we saw in the Super Bowl, you know, what were they? I think they were down 21 to 10 with 11 minutes left in the game. I mean, they showed that they can still get explosive and they can, I mean, they were down by 10 or 11 points, sorry. Uh, and they ended up winning by 10 points, I think. So uh, in an 11 minute period. So uh, they showed that they could still be the most explosive team in the NFL, but at the same time, they can, they can turn on the clock management and the game management uh, mode and, and, and still be successful. Yeah, and you mentioned Damian Williams, and, and one of the things that really stood out to me is it really seemed at the beginning of the year like he was going to get buried. They signed LaShawn McCoy, and and Damian Williams had the injury, and he was kind of out of it, and he was playing third string. Uh, in the playoffs, I think LaShawn McCoy had one carry, and Damian Williams really showed up, and I think he's earned a spot on this team going forward. A lot of people are talking about the Chiefs maybe drafting a guy like Jonathan Taylor or something like that. I think there's bigger needs on the Chiefs. I don't think they need to go that route because I think Damian Williams solidified that position in the postseason. Yeah, and 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 I mean we'll we'll obviously be discussing that a little more in our in our next episode with the draft. But I, I think if Chiefs go into next season with Damian Williams as a running back, they're gonna be fine. If they can find an upgrade at good value, I'm all for it. Um, who isn't, you know, it's, it is a game. It is a business at the end of the day. So if you can find a better running back than Damian Williams at a good value, then you have to make that, you know, you have to take that. But, um, but if they go into next season with him as a running back, they're, they're not going to be hurting. I mean, he's proven he's a starting running back in the NFL and worst case, he's a, a, an amazing split, uh, or a combo running back. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. And that kind of helps me transition to our next topic here. Uh, I think one of the things that stood out to me was the almost return or rejuvenation of the ground and pound teams. We're talking about the Titans with Derrick Henry, and we're talking about the 49ers with their run attack uh, really coming back. You know, last year, even when Mahomes was throwing all these touchdowns and Drew Brees throwing all these touchdowns, everyone kind of just assumed that the run heavy teams were done, but this year, I mean, the Titans made one hell of a run and the 49ers obviously made it to the Super Bowl playing that kind of ball. So and you look at the Ravens and, and what they did with the quarterback runs and Mark Ingram, uh, what do you think of the running back play from some teams this year? Yeah. I mean, I, I, what I think it shows is that you can, there's multiple ways to win in the NFL, um, which a lot of people I think forgot about. Like you don't, you don't have to have a 5,000 yard quarterback. You don't have to have a 40 plus touchdown quarterback. You could have a game management quarterback like a Ryan Tannehill, uh, like a Teddy Bridgewater, you know, someone like that um, moving forward. As long as you have a good offensive line, a good running back and a solid defense, uh, you can you can ground and pound and be, you know, just as successful in terms of win and loss uh, wins and losses as, you know, that air it out team. So. Uh, I mean, it's it's good that people are reminded that that you don't have to throw it 50 times a game. You can run it 50 times a game and still win. Absolutely. And I think that's going to be one of the, the focal points of this offseason and one of the arguments you're going to hear a lot about. And I'm actually kind of on the other side. I think it's great to see these running backs doing it, but I still think the quarterback means so much. Uh, to me, the reason that the 49ers didn't win is once the Chiefs were in the lead, you had to depend on the quarterback airing it out and couldn't get it done. Look at the same thing with Tannehill. Uh, when they stopped Derrick Henry, the offense just completely fell apart. They were done. So it's going to be when you're talking about like Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, it's like, what do you, what do you put an emphasis on? If you've got a stud player, like a, say Melvin Gordon, 
do you go out and spend a, a boatload of money on Melvin Gordon or do you go out and get the quarterback and build your group of receivers kind of like the Chiefs did? I mean, what, what, which way do you think that's going to go this offseason? I think the way it needs to go, I mean, I, don't, I honestly don't know which way it will go, but the way it needs to go is balance. Um, I think what we've seen in the past is that you could have that quarter, you know, you could have the quarterback that can throw it 50 times a game. But what happens is defenses will drop eight back because they know you're not going to run it. Uh, they don't have to worry about the run. They don't have to plan for the run. So once once they start dropping eight back, uh, it becomes a lot harder for your quarterback to to throw those fifty times. Or they're going to drop, you know, six back every time, and they're going to butch you like crazy. And your quarterback's going to get hit a lot. So you have to have that run game to rely on. On the other side, like you were mentioning, you can run it fifty times a game, but when it comes down to your quarterback needing to make a play, you have to be able to make that play. Uh, Garoppolo proved he couldn't do it in the Super Bowl. Tannehill proved he couldn't do it in the AFC Championship. Uh, you know, even Lamar Jackson. A lot of people criticize his playoff performance. The guy had a phenomenal game, but at the end of the day, he needed to make more plays throwing the ball uh, than he did, and he wasn't able to do that. So. Um, what it needs to be is balance. You have to, you know, those great run teams need to be good enough to pass it when they have to. The great passing teams have to be good enough to run it when they need to. Uh, I think that's what needs to happen moving forward. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think the thing that's really going to change out of all of this is I think the days of, of having these massive contracts for running backs is done. I mean, you look at the Rams, what they did with Todd Gurley, nothing. I mean, he basically was non-existent all year. And, they gave him that massive contract. I think you're going to see them putting the massive contracts, obviously towards quarterbacks because they have the biggest contracts, but then yeah. you're going to see them uh, emphasizing wide receivers. Like, a, you know, get a, a speedy guy like Tyreek Hill. You know, I could see the Cowboys giving Amari Cooper a, the big deal, but get your wide receivers, your quarterback going, and then just kind of fill in with some running backs, whether it's by committee or a journeyman like Damian Williams. You just get a guy that's been around the league and let him run. And uh, I think that's kind of the way it's going to go. It's really going to hurt guys like Melvin Gordon. I mean, I, I think when you have, I, I think you're right for the most part with the running back contracts. I think when you have those kind of transcendent players like a Saquon Barkley, like a Christian McCaffrey, like a like an Ezekiel Elliott, um, those type of players where there's a clear gap between them and someone like Damian Williams, there's a huge gap. Um, I think those guys will still demand good money. Melvin Gordon, I don't feel like is in that category. Um, and, and some other running backs, uh, also, I think Todd Gurley was in that category with his injuries. I don't believe he's, I don't think he's in that category anymore. Um, I think there's some of those transcendent running backs that we'll see, um, over the years that will still get that money because, you know, they could run it for 1500 yards and they could also give you, you know, 800 yards receiving at the same time. Uh, so those got kind of guys will still, I think demand high money and maybe not elite money i don't think they're going to be getting 20 million a year contracts but um great running back money they'll demand um, but for the most part i i agree with you i think those big contracts are done because it just it straps you you know todd Gurley. i mean that contract's going to set the ramps back years i believe yeah i mean that was and it, it it's it's sad to see because he he literally was when you're talking about a fantasy football standpoint regular football he was an unbelievable player that I can't say that they gave the ball too much to him, but turns out he has knee problems and it, it's really going to bite the Rams in the ass down the road. Um, especially when they're looking at, I think right now they're looking at, they don't have much cap room. They're only rocking 15 million cap room, just a little bit under, and they need a lot of 
places. I mean, they need a lot of help on the defense, on the offense, and they've kind of been uh, handicapped by that contract for Todd Gurley. I mean, well, I think that the contracts, you're talking three players between Aaron Donald, Jared Goff, and Todd Gurley. And then you even look at guys like like Brandon Cooks, um, who has a pretty good contract. Um, I mean, three or four guys right there completely strap you know strap the team and i mean and it, it's great for them personally it's awesome like they got their money i i applaud them but now they have to get in a little group together and they say wow like we got our money but what about the other 49 players we need on the field with us uh or on the sidelines with us you know are are we happy with just having our money or do we actually want to win absolutely and so let's switch a little bit i want to get your opinion on this uh one of the things that shocked me the most about this year is uh, how disappointed I was with the veterans, whether they stuck around too long at the quarterback position in particular. Uh, you're talking about Tom Brady losing week 17 to drop them out of the one or the two seed, having to play on wildcard weekend, them getting beat by the Titans. Then you're talking about Phillip Rivers just choking all year and ends up getting basically released from the team after the season. You've got Drew Brees had an early exit from the playoffs. Um, Aaron Rodgers went a little deeper in the playoffs, but it wasn't really because of him. It was because of the running game and the defense. So uh, we'll talk about these players' futures for next year in the next episode. But what do you think of those uh, veteran late 30s, early 40s guys at quarterback? Um, You know, some of them not surprising. I mean, Phillip Rivers, I don't, I don't really think he dropped, I think. I think that was a situation he tried to do too much. Uh, we knew going into the season, they had a lot of injuries going into the season, plus the Melvin Gordon holdout. Um, I think that was a, a matter of he just tried to do too much to overcome it. Uh, and we all, we've seen throughout his career when he tries to do too much, what happens, it doesn't usually end well. And, and that's what happened this year. I think talent wise, I think he could still, I think he's, he's still probably a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. I think he can still go, Wherever he ends up signing, we'll, like you said, we'll discuss in the next episode. Uh, I think wherever he goes, I think he he will be an improvement and upgrade, and I think he can still provide something to teams in the league, but um, I think that was just a bad situation for him. Uh, Tom Brady, yeah, I mean, that one, it, it was kind of hard to gauge Tom Brady because they really had no receivers all season, honestly. Um, I think he played well in terms of NFL starting quarterback, but in terms of Tom Brady, I think it was a mediocre season. Uh, Drew Brees, I mean, he got hurt for, you know, what, five, six weeks, but the games he did play, I mean, he was, he was Drew Brees, you know, they just got beat in the first round of the playoffs, uh, disappointing, but I mean, they've had a history of kind of choking in the playoffs a little bit. So, um, I mean, uh, yeah. And then Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is really the biggest one. Cause Aaron Rodgers just doesn't, he doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers. He looks, he looks like a, a shell of himself. Honestly, he doesn't throw the ball as well. He doesn't run as well. Uh, can't take a hit anymore. I mean, when he gets hit, I mean, you almost have to gasp every time and wonder if he's going to actually get up. Uh, so he, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the, honestly the biggest one I worry about, and he's the youngest of the group. Uh, and then you could even throw in Ben Roethlisberger in that category and, you know, basically miss the entire season. So uh, what's he going to look like next season? So, um, but again, Aaron Rodgers is really the one I worry about the most. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely a changing of the guard. Uh, hoping that guys don't pull Brett Favre and stay around too long. But you you look at even Eli Manning. So you got Eli Manning, Roethlisberger, Rivers, that that class of quarterbacks that are all uh, hitting the end of the road there. You got Tom Brady and and Drew Brees. You just have all these guys that have been 
the when you think of the NFL, these are the guys you think of. And and really, for the most part, all of those guys were pretty much irrelevant this year, with the exception of maybe Drew Brees. Yeah. Uh and like and like I said, that's that's not an I think Phillip Rivers, I think it was a situational thing more than a than a de- than a decrease in talent. I think it was a situation thing. Tom Brady, I mean, I think he's he's you know what, 43, 44, something like that. Um, I mean, obviously he's getting worse physically, but I mean, I like, like I said, Tom Brady still had a good year in terms of NFL quarterbacks. It was just a mediocre year in terms of Tom Brady. Uh, and Drew Brees, I mean, Drew Brees is going to keep doing what he's doing. I mean, if he stays healthy and plays a full season, he's probably going to throw for 4,500 yards and, you know, 30 plus touchdowns. Uh, that's just what he does. That's just, I mean, that's just how he is. Um, like I said, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Roethlisberger even are the two big ones because Roethlisberger, as big as he is, the guy can't take a hit. I mean, he gets hit and crumbles every time. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers, like I said, I mean, you can see him trying to make some of those plays he made, you know, five, six years ago. And he either can't run like that anymore, or when he does, he doesn't have the arm to make those throws anymore. Um, so, I mean, it, like I said, he's, he's the biggest one I worry about, but, uh, I mean, it is definitely a passing of the guard. You got the Mahomes and you got the, the Lamar Jacksons and those guys that are, you know, Russell Wilson's those guys that are going to be the league for the next 10 years, really. So, so speaking of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, I've got them as one of the teams that really surprised me what they accomplished this year with a rookie head coach, and and really I didn't feel like they had that great of a team at the start of the season. I don't recall exactly where in our division breakdowns we had them. I think I had them maybe third in the division. Uh, for them to go all the way to the NFC Championship game to me was crazy. Um, what team we'll, – we'll do this two ways here. First name, the team that surprised you for the good. Which team over expect or over delivered what you were expecting them to do for the season? I mean, it's for me, it's the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the some of the talent that they lost on defense. Um, you know, they had the number one defense in the NFL last year, and they lost several starters from that defense. And so to come back and put out another elite defense uh, was incredible. Um, but then obviously, you have to look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. I mean, no one. No one saw him being the MVP. I don't care what you say at this point. Uh, if you say that you saw him being the MVP, then you're lying your ass off, honestly. Uh, I saw him having a good season, but I didn't think he'd actually be the the NFL MVP, the best player. I knew he was a great passer the whole time. Yeah. I'm just uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, yeah. For the record, I still don't really think he's that great of a passer, but we'll talk about that at a different date. That's just my opinion, but we'll see. Yeah, but I mean – uh, it's again Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I I thought they were a team heading into the season with that division. Um, I thought that they were going to be, you know, I thought they were going to be third best at you know at best, honestly. Um, and I thought they'd be fighting with the Bengals for that third best one, honestly. Um, I thought the Brown, you know, the Browns. I had predicted to win the division. Uh, we'll talk about them on the disappointing side in a minute, but. Uh, and then, and then the Steelers, you know, I thought the Steelers would do better. Obviously injuries kind of derailed that with, with Roethlisberger, but, um, they still had an okay season when, you know, all things considered, but, uh, I mean, the Ravens were the biggest one in the surprise category for me, honestly. Yeah. I think one that stands out for me and I think it stands out for everybody is the Tennessee Titans. When you look at it, even midway through the season, they looked like they were finished. And I really tip my hat to Mike Vrabel for, uh, getting that team together with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, uh, moving on from Marcus Mariota and driving them deep into the playoffs and getting to the championship game. 
Um, I don't think anybody expected that. What do you think of the Titans? I mean, they were they were a huge surprise. Um, again, I, I I thought uh, uh, heading into season, you know, obviously we we went into the season thinking there was going to be Andrew Luck for the Colts and and uh, Nick Foles for the Jaguars. People had high hopes heading into the season. So, um, I mean, I thought the Titans. You know, we we knew that was going to be the weakest division of football, or at least we thought it would be. Uh, the NFC East kind of be ended up being pretty bad, but as yeah, say, boy, were we wrong. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was a huge surprise. And, uh, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was a big surprise, honestly. And, and there were several teams. I mean, you talk about the 49ers, uh, you know, who saw them go into the Super Bowl before, you know, before the season started. I mean, they're in a different Absolutely. Game. I think we actually had a preseason show yeah. where we talked about how Jimmy Garoppolo threw five straight picks in practice and that he wasn't ready to come back and was done. And look what they did. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could look at them being a huge surprise. Uh, like you, you mentioned the Packers, the Packers are a huge surprise because at no point in the season did I think that their offense and defense were on the same page. Uh, some weeks their offense looked great and the defense looked like a liability. And then the next week, you know, the defense actually looked great and the, the offense looked like a liability. So for them to not, actually play a, a complete game the entire season in my opinion for them to make it to the nfc championship is is unreal uh so i mean it i mean there there are some really there are some great stuff out there honestly all right so let's flip to the bad side here i know there's a few teams i want to hit on here but who's your number one most disappointing team this year i mean it's got to be the the chicago bears um i mean a lot of people had the hype behind the browns but in terms of just straight disappointment uh, it's, it's gotta be the bears. I, I talked about it before the season. I mean, I think we both picked the bears to win the division. Um, I talked about, I picked the bears to lose to the chiefs in the super bowl. So yeah, so that's really disappointing for me. Yeah. And, and, and I talked about Mitchell Trubisky being an underrated quarterback. You know, people, if you look at him last year, uh, I mean, statistically he had a good season. The, I mean, and he, he did a good job of leading the bears and, and I don't know what the hell happened to him this year, but he, he, he looked bad. Um, the defense looked bad. I mean, the defense had basically the same defense as the year before that was almost unscorable on. Uh, and this year, I mean, they just look like a, you know, a borderline top 10 defense. I mean, they still had some good games out there. They still had some good performances, but they, they were not an intimidating defense. Uh, I mean, so they were a huge disappointment. I got to say a lot of these fall in the NFC for whatever reason. Um, one I'm going to point out, it's actually I'll, I'll put two here and obviously we'll get your input. Uh, it's gotta be the Cowboys and Eagles. I think before the season, we talked about how we thought this was going to be a super tough division. That was going to be one of the better divisions in football. And, and really towards the end of the season, it was like who could lose the most to lose the division title instead of who, who was fighting to win it. Um, it, it seemed really weak between the Eagles and Cowboys. what do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was disappointing as a Cowboys fan. It was a huge disappointment. But I mean, even as a Cowboys fan, I expected more out of the Eagles. Which I mean, who can say that most of the time? Uh, exactly. I mean, they're they're basically trash birds. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like neither team wanted to win the win the division. And and then when the Eagles got to the playoffs, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, of course, goes down. Uh, you got to give it to Josh McCown. <laughs> could have predicted that. Yeah, I mean, you got to give it to Josh McCown. I mean, that guy played an incredible game playing on on one leg with, uh, I can't think of the injury right now, but he had, a, I think, a torn hamstring or something, and he was out there scrambling around and running around. And, I mean, he was living it up. It was his first playoff game and, and probably, honestly, his last NFL game, to be realistic, uh, at 40 years old. Um, 
I mean, it, it was it was a huge disappointment. I mean, for that division as a whole. I mean, I saw the the Redskins being a bad team, and and I saw the Giants being a bad team. But I, I thought honestly, the the Cowboys and the Eagles would both win ten games, and I thought one of them would win at least eleven or twelve. Uh, and we talked about before the season. Uh, you know, this was the first time in in a long time that I thought the Cowboys were legitimate Super Bowl contenders, uh, not necessarily favorites, but actual contenders. You know, they had a, an elite level defense, they had an elite level offense. Their special teams usually play pretty well. Um, they had all the makings of it, and and honestly, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Jason either, Garrett. But... Yeah, Jason Garrett. Exactly right. Uh, and you know, I'm gonna stick with another one here. What about the St. Louis Rams? Sorry, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, went from Super Bowl to completely irrelevant in less than a year. What'd you think of that? It honestly wasn't surprised. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a little surprising, uh, not a, a huge surprise because we talked about going into the season, uh, the Todd Gurley situation, and Todd Gurley is not the same running back. I don't care what you say. Uh, you're lying to yourself if you think he is. Um, but then, I mean, I was never super impressed with Jared Goff. I thought Jared Goff was was the benefactor of, of a great scheme and, and great players around him. So when people say Jared Goff regressed, I don't necessarily believe he regressed. I think the league caught up to the scheme and exposed Jared Goff is, I think, what happened. Um, the defense was a little bit of a surprise because they were not a good defense this year, and and but they still have good players. So. Um, the defense was was more of a surprise than anything, honestly. Yeah, for sure. And and I expected more just because they, they kind of followed that Chiefs mentality. And I'm not saying Jared Goff is Mahomes or even close to it, but they have one of the more talented receiving groups with Robert Woods, uh, Brandon Cooks, and Cooper Cup. They've got all these weapons around, and they just couldn't get much going on all year. And like you said, you would think any defense with Aaron Donald on it's going to be good, and they weren't even close to that. So yeah, that was definitely um, a shocker. Yeah, and, and, and I'm I'm going to be honest with you because I want to I want to bring up a point I was on all season, um, honestly. But the the biggest disappointment to me, honestly, this season isn't really based on a team. It's the fact that Dan Quinn still has a goddamn job. <laughs> uh, unbelievable! It was, I knew that was co- it was, I knew that it was, was unbelievable. Coming. Like that, that's been we the were big- calling for that since week three. Yeah, that was the biggest disappointment of the season is that that man still has a has a head coaching job. Uh, with, with the performance that the Falcons have put out, the you know, really since they went to the Super Bowl, so uh, that's the biggest disappointment of the season in terms of overall disappointment, not a team in particular. <laughs> but on that note, it is pretty disappointing that the Falcons did nothing, and and they also have uh, possibly one of the two or one of the best wide receiver groups with the two receivers they have, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and they could get nothing going again. Matt Ryan just. They even had uh, was Austin Hooper played really good at, at uh, tight end, and they just couldn't get anything going. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it, it didn't matter that they could. I mean, they could they had a good offense. I mean, the offense played pretty well. They still need a running game because uh, Freeman's just not the same. Obviously, I think he's done. Um, but I mean, their passing game was was pretty incredible. I mean, Julio Jones had some great games. Calvin Ridley had some great games. Austin Hooper was was phenomenal. Uh, Matt Ryan's still playing pretty well, honestly. Um, but it didn't matter if they scored 30 points because the defense gave up 50 points. So, uh, and their head coach is a defensive guy. So, I mean, all I could say to Atlanta Falcons fans is, is you know, welcome to 
to life with a bad owner, you know, when, when, you know, <laughs> that's what, that's what we, we dealt with in Dallas, you know, when, when Jason Garrett, not saying necessarily that Jason Garrett's a, a terrible head coach, but he wasn't the right coach for that team. And it only, you know, he stayed honestly five years longer than he should have. Uh, Dane Quinn's about three years longer than he should have, honestly. Uh, but he hasn't been there that as long either. So uh, I'd like to bring up a point that this just bothers me. And I'm going to vent here as a Chiefs fan and a person who now kind of sort of hates Tony Gonzalez. Uh, it makes me wonder how he feels after the he goes to the Falcons. He's acting like he's the Falcons player for life, and he's the greatest Falcons fan. And then as soon as Chiefs go to Super Bowl, he's all over the Chiefs, and he's he's up there. So I don't know if he disowned the Falcons now. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl, but uh, either way, uh, Tony Gonzalez, I both love you and hate you. I mean, yeah, that was that was kind of, that was pretty frustrating actually to see during during the Super Bowl and leading up to the Super Bowl was, you know, cause he, he basically threw shade at the chiefs on multiple occasions in the last couple of years, uh, especially in his hall of fame speech and everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, he threw shade at the chiefs. He threw shade at the chiefs fans, uh, you know, call you know, basically saying they're not real fans or they're not great fans. Um, and so for him to, to, you know, when the chiefs actually finally make it to a Super Bowl, for him to come back and be like, Hey, like I, I was just kidding. It was all a joke. Ha ha. Uh, you know, to me, that was, you know, that was that was just a dick move, honestly. Um, a lot of Chiefs fans around here, you know, I, like I said, I live in Kansas City, so I see Chiefs fans all the time. Uh, some of them have forgiven them, and but most of them have not. So, like I said, I'll always love the man for what he did for the Chiefs and and all my, you know, early memories of the Chiefs and all the great things I've watched him in person break the touchdown record at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, but yeah, the last few years have kind of pissed me off so much that. Uh, I don't care about him as much. It's going to be a love hate relationship for the rest of time. I mean, a- absolutely love him as a player, hate him as a person. All right. So here's what I want to look at too. Uh, beginning of the season. We talked about the new pass interference rules. We thought it might be a big problem going into the season with the reviews and all that. Do you think it had any effect on the game? Um, Yes and no. Um, I, I, I agree with the rule. I think it was a good rule to make. A lot of people were concerned about the pace of play. Um, I don't think it really affected that. The biggest disappointment with the rule, honestly, is that the refs just refused to admit that they were wrong. Um, I mean, it was such a low percentage on those plays that were actually overturned that it almost made the rule irrelevant because, again, I mean, even on plays – when you when you have the NFL coming out afterwards saying no no they definitely missed that call no they definitely missed that call and and you know every channel has their officiating you know specialist um, and they're you know oh yeah that's a clear pass interference and then the rest are coming oh no pass interference call you know calls upheld uh, I mean they just they outright refused to admit that they were wrong or that they missed something it was like they were doing it in spite so that was the biggest disappointment uh, in terms of that rule you know. I, I find it odd that a league that cares so much about pace of play yet takes 25 minute commercial breaks during the thing really has that big of a problem with a quick review. Yeah. Um, I even heard that in the new CBA that they're talking about, they're trying to limit the reviews to two minutes. So uh, essentially if they go into review, a, a decision has to be made in two minutes. Uh, and And it just shocks me that, you know, we're so worried about how quick the game goes by and how boring it gets. Yet they'll sit there and pump commercials down your throat. Uh, you really start knowing it when you're at the game and they go into these media timeouts and all of a sudden what you think is a 30 second timeout turns into a four minute commercial break. Uh, I feel like if they're going to work on pace of play, they need to limit those. 
Absolutely. And I, I understand it's about making money. I get that. It's a business. I understand. I get the point of the, the commercials, but it is frustrating whenever it's, you know, but you know, right before the two minute warning and they say, okay, we're taking a commercial break and then they run a play or two plays. And then it's okay. Now we're going to the two minute warning. There's a, there's another commercial break. And then all of a sudden, you know, inside the two minute warning, there's a timeout. Let's go to commercial again. Okay. They run a play. There's another timeout commercial again. And now all of a sudden the last three minutes of a half took 45 minutes uh, because of all the commercial breaks that they take, you know, do it like, you know, the NBA, one thing I love about the NBA is they have the 20 second timeout, you know, that, that, that quick timeout just to kind of catch your breath, get the momentum and say, Hey, we're doing this, this, and this go out there and execute. Uh, You know, I, and they don't take commercial breaks during that for the most part. Uh, If they do, it's like a 10 second commercial and then they come right back. Uh, I think that's something the NFL should look into is, you know, Hey, we'll give you, you know, you have three timeouts, you got a 30 second timeout or two 30 second timeouts and a, and a one minute timeout, something along those lines. Um, I think that could help. And then, you know, honestly, like charge more for your commercials. If, if you're worried about losing money, say we're going to take fewer commercials, but it's going to cost more money, uh, to get a commercial during an NFL game. So, you know, that could make up, you know, that could speed up the pace of play. And honestly, just pump more commercials in a halftime because who really needs to watch highlights of the game you're just watching? Uh, yeah, exactly. I hate that. You go to, go to halftime and they're recapping the game that you're just watching going into halftime. It's like, yeah. I don't need to see this. I'd rather watch commercials then at that point than right in the middle of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's just get off the chest there, uh, kind of do our venting. Anything else stand out for you from the season? I mean, it was a great season. I, Of course, I had loved it with the Chiefs winning, um, but I feel like overall it was just an exciting, great season. I mean, a lot of, I mean, it, it was, it was nice. Cause I mean, like you talked about, there was some passing of the torch with some of the quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, there, there were some great plays. There were some amazing games, uh, amazing playoff games. Chiefs won the Super Bowl, So that, you know, again, I'm a Cowboys fan, but the chiefs are my number two. I live in Kansas city. So that was great to see. Uh, and, and what was even better to see is that the chiefs won the Super Bowl, and Kansas city didn't burn its own city to the goddamn ground. Uh, that's the, that's the one thing I don't understand is you see these teams win, win championships and then they turn around and the, the fans tear up their own city, uh, or they lose the championship and they tear up their own city. So it's, it's like the city was doomed anyway. So you look at the, the uh, San Francisco giants when they, you know, when they won their couple world series, like people were rioting in Philadelphia, people were rioting, uh, New York people riot. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. So it was nice to see the chiefs win a Super Bowl and and the city celebrated but didn't actually destroy the city. Um there were really no major incidents that night. Uh, just one car chase through the parade and that's it. Talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing major happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other than that, great season. Uh next episode we're gonna kind of cover it'll be kind of an off season primer. We're gonna talk a little bit about free agency, maybe a little bit about the scouting combine, the upcoming draft maybe some team needs. Um, so stay tuned. Anything you want to add? Uh, you know, just, just, uh, going to say it's good to be back. It's good to be good to be recording again. Obviously we went on a, on an extended hiatus. We weren't, weren't planning, but life happens and, and, uh, we're adjusting now. I'm going to make up for that. So it's just good. Good to be back. Absolutely. We'll see you guys next time.